The Max Headroom incident is a mysterious and unsolved incident where an unidentified person wearing a Max Headroom costume and mask hijacked not one, but two Chicago TV channels in a night. And this unidentified person did some pretty creepy and shocking things on live news. But we will discuss why it was so creepy, what he did, and more later on in the video. Before we get into it, I just wanted to ask you guys to please consider subscribing to this channel because I post videos three times a week, one on a paranormal podcast, another one on a true crime video, and another one on reacting to scary videos. Okay, back to the video. Now, I wanted to give you some background information on the original Max Headroom show. The show in which the TV hijacker kind of was inspired and based his mask and costume appearance on. I think learning about this first will give us a better understanding of the hijacker's mindset and why he did what he did. So what was the original Max Headroom show? Max Headroom debuted in 1985 and was a show set in the near future world. It focused on Edison Carter, who was a journalist and who openly challenged corporations all over the world, including his own employer. Now, Max Headroom isn't the main character. It's actually the secondary character. And Max Headroom is an artificial intelligence that was created from Edison Carter, the main character, the journalist, his basic brain patterns and memory fragments kind of creepy ahead of its time though, definitely. So as Carter is exposing his employer, AKA Station 23, Max Headroom rose as a host on independent public access television. Now, according to the creators of the show, Max's personality was meant to be a satirical exaggeration of the worst tendencies of television hosts in the 80s. Now these hosts wanted to appeal to the youth, but they weren't a part of it. So it just was cheesy and funny. Now that we have some background on who Max Headroom was, in general, let's get into the actual incident. So it was November 22nd of 1987. I remember it so well, even though I wasn't even born, when Chicago sportscaster Dan Roan was covering the highlights of the Bears' recent victory over the Detroit Lions. Now, Dan Roan usually had this nine o'clock spot, the sweet spot. He's had this spot for years, the nine o'clock news, until it was 9.14 p.m. Dan Roan, get out of the way. That's when Dan Roan disappeared from the news the screen went black. Then 15 seconds later, someone else appeared on the screen and it wasn't Dan Roan, let me tell you. Instead, it was someone dressed in what appeared to be a rubber mask and sunglasses. Now, his appearance looked oddly similar to Max Headroom, the original show that we just talked about like two minutes ago. And even the gray background that he had looked very similar to the simulated background in Max Headroom, the show. But after 30 seconds, the signal engineers were able to go back to Dan Roan. And when Dan Roan came back on, he stayed well, if you're wondering what's happened, so am I. Now, the studio engineers first thought that this was an inside job. So they started like pacing around, looking around the building, trying to find this guy who's taken a hold of the news, who's broadcasted himself to Chicago. But in the building, they did not find him. But he wasn't gone for good because he appeared again that same night. So just two hours after that news airing of the 9.14 p.m. Dan Roan hijacked whatever situation, the Max Headroom impersonator came back. This time, it wasn't on that news channel. It was on Channel 11. Channel 11 was airing a Doctor Who episode, specifically titled The Horror of Fang Rock. When this person, man, individual, woman, whatever it was, came back on the screen, they were bobbing in front of a rotating background and had the same mask as he had on before. But this time he had audio and the audio was weird. He said, that does it. He's a freaking nerd. The figure then laughed. He mentioned Chuck Swirsky, a WGN pundit claiming to be 
be better than him. Then he held up a can of Pepsi while reciting the Coca-Cola slogan. And the slogan was catch the wave. And Max Headroom was, at the time, the TV show, actually being used as a spokesperson for Coke. It was clear that he was imitating Max Headroom on purpose. It wasn't just like a weird coincidence. He literally said the quote. So he has the mask, he has the background, and now he has the quote. But then it got even creepier. He flipped off the camera, his middle finger covered in a rubber extension. He sang your love is fading lyrics specifically. He muttered different phrases from television shows as well. He began to moan even, screamed. He claimed even that he had, quote, made a giant masterpiece for all the greatest world newspapers nerds. He held up a glove like the Michael Jackson classic glove and exclaimed, quote, my brother is wearing the other one. He then pulled it on saying, quote, but it's dirty. It's like you got blood stains on it. Creepy, okay. The camera then cut to a shot of a man's torso and partially exposed butt. The Max Headroom mask had been removed and was being held up to the camera. The rubber extension that had covered the figure's finger was stuffed inside the mouth of the mask. They're coming to get me, the man screamed suddenly. Bend over, bish, a female voice responded. The man was then spanked repeatedly with a fly swatter as he screamed. Now this whole hack lasted so much longer than the first hack. This one lasted one minute and 22 seconds instead of like the 15 seconds, no audio, Dan Rohn thing. But then signal transmitters were able to black it out after the minute and 22 seconds. They discovered that at the time of this incident, there were no engineers on duty actually at WTTW, which is why the signal didn't stop as quickly as the first one. And because there wasn't anyone there, the only copies of the video was actually just by Doctor Who fans that were recording, taping on video. VHS tapes this incident, which is crazy to think about because those people are probably like, wait, what? Like, imagine watching that while just being like Doctor Who and just being like, wait, I feel like I would be like, is this part of the show? What's going on here? You know, and there's no social media at the time, right? You're not going on Twitter being like, what happened to Doctor Who's episode? No, like you have to sit with that all night alone. You have to be like, did I make that up in my mind or did that really happened during the Doctor Who episode? Like, maybe I got to stop watching this show messing with my head. <laughs> the news channels covered the incident, broadcasting the video again and again, calling the person behind it a, quote, TV video pirate. The FCC, which is the agency that regulates the airwaves, dedicated their efforts to finding the person responsible and offered a reward to anyone with any information on who it was. An FCC spokesperson told a reporter that, quote, I would like to inform anybody involved in this kind of thing, that there's a maximum penalty of $100,000, one year in jail, or both. The FCC worked out how the hacker did it. They said that he placed their own dish antenna between the transmitter tower. The hacker could have effectively interrupted the original signal. It's funny that they like said this. It's like, so I, we know how he did it. And then all of a sudden everyone hacks the channel. No, that didn't happen. But imagine that'd be crazy. They also said that they didn't even need any expensive equipment to do this. All they really needed is good timing and positioning. They also thought that they knew the location of where the video might have been shot at because of the background of the video, pointing out that it was most likely a role down door of a warehouse and tracked it specifically to a district where they had warehouses similar to it. Now for Max Headroom, the impersonator, it seemed like he just kind of faded into oblivion, never came out again, never admitted to the prank. But if they did decide to come out today, they actually wouldn't get into legal trouble at all because how long it's been since the 1987 episode. But no one has come out stating that they are Max Headroom or they know anything about who it was. That's what makes it so weird. And just what went down 
all the things that he said and did. There are a bunch of Reddit comments and internet forums and threads of people trying to figure out who Max Headroom is, was, but some of the main ones have actually got debunked, but some have included Eric Fournier, who was the creator of Shea St. John, who I didn't know what it was, but it is a fictional model who was disfigured in a car accident and recreated her body from mannequin parts. Now, this was just art. People assume that this man made this kind of bizarre art of like, you know, campy videos. So they assume that maybe it was just like a stunt, like an artistic display. Maybe he got scared and was like, peace. But people said that he had no experience with broadcast communication, so he wouldn't be able to just like hack into a channel for fun. And they don't even think that he was in Chicago at the time of the hack. Will we ever find out who Max Headroom is? I don't know. I can't, there's a beauty in the unsolved where I can't believe someone pulled this off. It's so weird. We'll never really understand the meaning of it. It's like a piece of art that the person was anonymous and you'll never find out who did it. You can only interpret so much from it. No one knows exactly what the whole point is. And maybe that's something beautiful to say about it. Maybe everyone takes whatever they need to hear from Max Headroom's message. Maybe it was someone severely ill. Maybe he was a famous person. Who knows what the case is? Anyways, that is it. That is a quick summary on Max Headroom incident. Let me know in the comments if you've heard of it, if you have any ideas of who it might be, what you think about the person that did this. Thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys next time here on Cauldron Capsule. Bye!